Yo, yo, yo. It's a Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah, I missed my last show, guys, because I was at a Purim party. So for those of you that don't know, Purim's a Jewish celebration. Again, absolutely waved, and that's as much as I know about it. So uh, I could not make the the <laughs> the show. I actually got drugged by my friend. Um, I'll get into that story later. But yeah, my friend drugged me, and it kind of went really sour. And he knows who he is, and he knows what he did. But I love him anyway. <laughs> um, it's good to be back with you guys. I got a special guest here with me today. There's even a random one. We went from having a walk this morning to doing a two-hour radio show together. But yeah, this guy's known me from day dot day. Um, from my second oldest friend that I still have. Well, if you can, if you put the twins together, the twins are one. Then it's the second oldest friend I have still today. Um, but we'll get into it. For now, I'm going to let you guys enjoy a bit of Prodigy.
Yo, yo, yo. Um, I'm going to introduce you to a special guest. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Now, I wonder how many of you out there, of the zero people listening, can hear who that is. It's a voice which might be recognizable. It's a pretty recognizable voice, actually. I would actually say you have a pretty recognizable voice. Yeah, many people have mentioned I should probably do radio at some point in my life. I've got the bassy tones. You do have the bassy tones. Uh, yeah. That is a nice, that you do have the bassy tones. Yeah. I think you're going to have to go a bit closer to the mic, my friend. If that makes more sense, yeah. That's going to be you right there. That's true. But yeah, we're not on camera either. I don't think I've got the face for tele television, so I think it's better hey, off for radio. What? You're a handsome man. You're a handsome man. What of, is this? Of all the zero listeners out there, I think they'll never know. So. Of all the listeners out there, I think they're going to know. <laughs> they're going to know who Sam, Samuel, Samuel Pepper, the pepperest Sam there is. The Pepstein, Pepsteinoids. How, how far are we going to take this before you stop the being pissed off? The amount of nicknames this guy has for me is actually quite surprising. Just Pepley. There we go. Sam, yeah, it's a Sam, to be here this, this is morning. Sam, who's Sam yeah. Friend's friend, Sam. <laughs> and he actually introduced me to Sam Friend. And this is Sam. There we go. But yeah, I'm Introduce glad to yourself. be here on a Sunday morning, as we say. Yeah. So I've known Toby for most of my life, actually, if we're, if we're counting. And I know that he comes here every other Sunday and he's got the art of being able to have a full-on conversation with himself, starting ideas and then bringing them around into new ones. And as you mentioned, spontaneously he asked me to join him today for this uh, special Sunday service. And at first I actually said no. At first I had other plans. I wanted to just like get to the gym, do a bit of exercise. And then I thought, actually, why not? What a pleasure it would be to just have a sit down. And as we usually do, we usually meet up just over there, a place which I can actually see from the corner of my eye. In it. How sick Alexandra is that? Palace. And we actually sit exactly at the viewpoint, which I can see. And we'd have conversations which may be radio worthy. So Always radio worthy. So Toby Always convinced me to come in and just continue our conversations on the airwaves. And, uh, I told Sam to come with some fire because obviously it was a, it was a, it was a new idea. And I know that Sam always comes with fire. Like, oh, we'll, just, we'll just start a walk and Sam will be like, hey, peep this. He might not say the words peep this, but it's the concept of just like out of nowhere, be like, hey, peep this. And the peeping is like a yeah. next level, whole new like conceptual thing for like life. And you're like, oh, this mm. is more than a peep. This is like a, this is like a full on pop. Mm. Toby's the same though. I think he's good to have a walk with and I think he's, he's not the only person who... who has regular walks around here, you know, with the viewpoints as well. And I feel as though when you're moving with someone and you're obviously taking in your surrounding environments, having just a very light heartbeat to try to get the blood flow, the ideas just seem to come. It's a bit different when you're sitting on a chair opposite each other. No, 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 we'll get into this. Fuck the people out there. Talk to me. Like, fuck them. We don't need to worry about them. We'll talk to each other. Now, we were literally just talking about how I've known Sam for again, over half my life and had no idea that he basically grew up with a dad that was super into the prodigy. I didn't know this. I thought this was pretty fucking sick because yeah. obviously he was telling me, I was like, oh, this is the original out of space. And he was like, obviously, no, like this is our original out of space. But like, do you know what I mean? Obviously yeah, this. Yeah, because I actually challenged Toby. I was like, there are so many different versions of this song. I know that there's probably some sort of dub reggae version from like the 1970s. Well, yeah, it has to no. be. I actually don't know who it's by. It? I'm not even sure. Yeah, that's the original sample. Well, is it a sample? Who knows? Yeah, no, I think it I'm is. Let me look it up. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. 
but yeah, like I'm always happy to hear the prodigy. Honestly, it's not something I really relax to or like would listen to much nowadays. But I remember being sort of five years old and having my dad play the fire starter in the living room and me finding that really appealing. And breathe as well. Like it's got these like bassy tones which which are hard to forget in a way. But I guess in a way I've sort of grown out of it. It's not something I listen to all the time. Contains a sample of seven songs. Do you want to hear what they are? Chase the Devil by Max Romero. Sorry. <clears throat> Critical Breakdown by the Ultra Magnetic MCs. Hyper Real Selector by the, sh the Shaman or Shaman, depending on where you're from. Homicide by Shades of Rhythm. Bomb Scare by Two Bad Mice. Peter Piper by Run DMC. Wow. I don't like, I would never have guessed that. I, that's like the only just tune on here that I actually know off the top of my head. And I wouldn't have been able to hear that. Maybe if, mm. maybe if we play it again. I don't know if we're going to play it again because that'd be weird. But <laughs> And then also Boing by uh, William Hanna and Joseph Parker. Which is probably the Boing. Oh, yeah, I'm kind of interested as to which one of the... I'm not going to do this because we don't have a producer, but I'm intrigued as to which one of those is the... I'm contending it's the Max Romero. It's, it's, it's the Max Romero. Yeah, it's the one at the top, yeah. Do you reckon? It definitely is, yeah. I've heard it before. Chase the Devil. Chase the Devil, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, I mean, that's the first time on this show we've ever done anything of value, like in terms of, <laughs> in terms of looking something up that's actually real. Like we're always talking shit, but that is literally the first time I've ever gone, you talk it up and Making I'm going progress. Yeah. That is literally progress. This is was, a new theme, yeah. Looking I was saying to Sam, I need music. to do something. <laughs> music would not be what, you know me, I can't get into music. <laughs> I don't know anything about music. So yeah, so here we are on Tea in the Morning. And I actually brought a couple of tea bags with me because I like the name of the program and I've said this to Toby before. I've never mentioned in nicknames. I've never actually called him T in my whole life. He's always been Toby, sometimes Tobias, but very rarely. Um, but yeah, I guess it is himself in the morning and he's offering that to everybody, which is yeah part of his Sunday service. But yeah, I did bring a couple of tea bags with me, caffeine free. I they're not really my vibe. Is that apple and cinnamon? It's not really my thing. They're a bit festive, yeah, but... Yeah, it feels like a bit of a Christmas thing. Yeah, it does, actually. <coughs> but no, like, I just try to shake it up, do you know what I mean? Whatever's in the cupboard, I'll just take what there is. Tea in the morning. See, it's for me, it's not... It's, yeah, I guess you never called me tea. Tobes was like a nickname that people... You call me Tobes. I call you Tobes on the phone, yeah. Yeah, Tobes. You'd be like, oh, you're Tobes. Your Tobes. Your Tobes. That's what it is, it's your Tobes. It's like, Mike, Mikey does that as well. Mm-hmm. Mikey does a yo, Tobes. That guy's out in Colombia now. Just having it fucking wayward. That guy makes me so jealous of life sometimes. Mm. He's just like, oh, yeah, I'm just out in Colombia. I'm like, oh, doing what? How are you making money? He's like, oh, man, do me. Like, okay. <laughs> do you, bro. Like, what, what, like, <clears throat> I don't know. You should probably get to Colombia yourself, man. You could probably do this program from there if you brought a decent microphone with you. Do you know, I... I've always, I've always said if I was born in one of those South American countries, I would have just been like, would I have just carteled it out? Would I have been one of those guys that's like, yeah, man, get me in. I'm going to make my way up. And like, oh, Do you know what I mean? Like, or would I have just not? Like, would I have... Oh, my... Bro, is that like a phone call in the middle of the show? Is that a phone call? Okay. We'll give, you told we'll, me to put my phone on loud before it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I said, I said so give us an out. Make sure you put it on loud, loud. Give us an out. <laughs> All right, so we've introduced Sam. 
Sam Pepper, me and Sam met at synagogue. It was, uh, we were the two outcasts. We used to turn up to JS studies with bacon sandwiches with no regard for anything. We were, we were, we were pretty, we were pretty outcasted there. We both quit on our students. Mm-hmm. We were, yeah, it was, it wasn't good. Those were early days, yeah. We went to Amsterdam for the first time together. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but Sam, as we do with all guests, we've introduced you. Pick a song that you think best represents yourself that we should give to the viewers. Mm. Viewers, listeners, there's none of you. So I don't even know why I'm saying that. Like, <laughs> just pick the best song that represents yourself so we can just have a song that introduces yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is there a song? I feel like you, it has to be some sort of like traveling song. Maybe. Because you're, you're a bit of a guy that's like, I'm going to be here and then I'm going to be there. Like, you're only, you're only now in London. Out of necessity, yeah. I was in necessity. Um, I thought you just wanted to be in London for a bit. I mean, it depends what we define as necessity, really. But first of all, I'll give you a song and then we will go into what necessity means to us. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought that you, I remember we had the conversation, you were like, now I'm in London now. I was like, oh, sick. I didn't realize it was like, oh, I'm in London now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't realize it was like, a, oh, I'm in London now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's important to be connected to the place that you're from in a way. And obviously when you have connections in that place. Dude, I can read that to as, be there. no, you're not happy to be. <laughs> you're literally true. like, it's necessity. No, not, not happy, but you're, that basically you, you are confirming the fact that it is necessity. Look, let's be honest. If I wasn't from London, it's likely that Let's imagine that I came from South America or from a place in the European Union. Eventually, based on the way that the world is going, it makes more sense to be in London. It's a place of diversity. There's a lot of opportunity that are here. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people that you can meet. So I think that it's hard to imagine if you were a different person born in a different place, but it's likely that you would end up in a place like this. So I guess, like, yeah, I have been fortunate to be able to experience different parts of the world and stay in different places, but ultimately I feel like my values are most aligned to London. It makes sense to be here. So I feel that that's the necessity. It's actually not that I'm, I'm, you know, unwilling to be here, but I feel as though value-wise, this place makes more sense than anywhere else. It's like <clears throat> the concept of necessity would usually be out of like, say, not necessarily desperation, but more surrounding situations. Whereas what you're saying is it's more internal necessity. Mm. It's not the fact that Money or people or any of, money of that. Like, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not like run out of money, but it's the fact that, that you can make that money. Happen, but but <laughs> it's the fact that you can make more money here because obviously wages are yeah, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's 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 it, more the fact of an internal, and you could say dissonance because you could say it's like the necessity would mean that there obviously is other options that you would like to pursue. Mm. So you could say the internal dissonance between the fact that there are so many there are places out there that you'd yeah. like to live but mm. at the same time like you said your values align to here mm. does that mean that you would then be able to live in places like berlin i mean i wouldn't say never i've not been there many times i've got a couple of friends there and i went a couple of years ago i like the diversity of the place and i think there are a lot of opportunities so from the internal viewpoint that you're talking about it's possible i think also like lots of the creative world is is facing towards those two cities. And there's lots of ambition for people who are not from the, those two places to, to, to be in those two places. So London and Berlin just attract a certain kind of person, which I think are healthy to be around. 
At the same time, because of the history of the world and because of the way that the opportunities have been founded, uh, London is a place where financially you will find your easiest life as as much as prices really? are going up and there's lots of difficulties. Well, I mean, having the pound sterling is something which is a massive privilege just okay. to have access to, you know. But I think a lot of people, <clears throat> including myself, would agree that London is... Okay, but would you then say that Manchester would also, would then be a better place to live? I mean, yeah. I more guess, cultural, I guess, I guess more you, diverse. UK more, more generally, I mean, but... Yeah, because London, London's a money sucker. Like London sucks money. You're right. It's like it's like Dublin. Like Dublin's like a money sucker. Sydney's a money sucker. These are like money sucking mm. cities. Do you know what I mean? They're like mm. they are designed in order to charge you at every. Like mm. I had this conversation with someone the other day about everything in London costs money to do in terms of like accessibility, I'm not saying like mm. everything, but like in terms of accessibility, it's like there isn't anything that you can just kind of do. Whereas like you get out into like Hertfordshire and you get out into, you know, Manchester and other places and everything's just a bit different. I'm not talking about central Manchester, obviously that's, you know, very much a city center, but I'm just saying like mm. London, it's like at every point they can charge you, they will charge you mm. to do things that are just basic necessities for accessibility in and out of around the city. There's nothing that you can just do. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have to charge you for it. You, you, you know, everything in I, London is I money. I guess you're talking about food and transport and... I t it just feels like everything. Around, yeah. I, I like, agree, even yeah. if you drive a car and you pay petrol, you, that's still not good enough. Mm. You have to pay the congestion charge. And then if, you know, then you have to pay the ULA. And it's like, and now even they said, because they're not making enough money off the ULAs, mm. because all the people have abided by the rules. Abode by the rules? Abided, was it? Ab abided. Because if all the people who abide around the rules, they're gonna have to introduce more tariffs to then charge and ch drive inside Greater London. And it's like, oh no, and we're gonna just raise council tax as well. And it's like. Mm. So London is a money sucker, that's it's true. It's just a money sucker. Like, just they just exist from, to make money for the city I, to I do what more you mean. shit. Like. I would say from, from a London perspective, yes. But let's think about globally, the average salary of a human being um, globally, about, I'm talking globally. No, you can't possibly. This is what no, I'm saying. you can't possibly do that though, because then you have to look at globally. What does it cost to rent a house? Well, this is what I'm saying that we're living in a globalized world now, where there's so much mobility for privileged people who have what used to be a red passport, and now it's a blue one. Oh, God, I got one of those. It's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that, let's say, for example, you work in WH Smith and you get paid the London living wage of twelve pounds something an hour, compared to people who, for example, work in a very similar job in Bangladesh, that's probably, I actually wouldn't even be able to guess, probably 10 or more times more than what that person would own. Now you would say, okay, it's different context. Rent prices are gonna be different in different places, transport price, prices, et cetera. But the fact that we have those now blue colored passports mean that we can actually go to these places and set up with the pound sterling that we've earned. What I'm saying is access to the pound sterling itself is a gold mine of opportunity. Very true. Very and true. not everybody has that access. But so would you say, I agree with you on the concept, but say someone who works in WH Smith at, would you say 11.50 an hour? Whatever it is, yeah. Um, is different because they, they, by the nature of their job, they have to live in London or live where their WH Smith is, right? Mm. 
I agree with you on the concept of say someone who works at a tech company or or works in some you know law firm or or, or mm. whatever bank where they can just work from home and therefore work from anywhere. Mm. They can go to Bangladesh and keep continuing making that salary. Mm. But that person at WH Smith, in order to like uproot their life and move to Bangladesh, would need, you know, after tax and having to pay rent and you know possibly having a family and food and council tax and all. Yeah. You know, but there's no way they're making enough money to ever get out to Bangladesh. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. So it's and like it's I agree with you to some extent, but then those tech companies aren't all in London. You know, they're in Israel. You know, they're in America. Like. You know, not just those tech companies, but these companies that allow people to work from anywhere aren't all based from London. But I get what you mean with the access to the pound. So by being a London-based paid, being paid by a London-based company, a London wage, but being able to live anywhere. So like MVF, the company I used to work for, they said for six months out of the year, you can live where you want. So it's like, if I go and live somewhere where my rent is 10 times less, to live, I can get paid the same wage and stack absolute huge amounts of money in this other country where my rent is nothing and I'm still being paid whatever K, you know, at this company in London. So I get, I do get what you mean, but like that doesn't work for someone. Like people in London are still fucked. Absolutely, yeah, and that's uh, and the, the people at W. Smith are never, in, are never in a deny, position yeah. to gonna move to maybe mm. after hundreds, hundreds of years, maybe after like 10, 20 years if mm. they put away money, but. You know, the, with all the costs of everything they have to like, unless they live next to the WH Smith and <laughs> and next to WH Smith is like an Audi and they're in like, you know, out in like mm. fucking Barnet where it might not cost that much money or like down in South London. Yeah. It's like, there's still so much cost like well, to live in London. Whereas in Manchester and, and is, you know, yeah. Bristol's not like that. You're you know? right. All I'm saying is that wage disparity is something that exists locally, nationally, and internationally. And internationally, And I think yeah. it depends at which angle you're looking at. Um, yes, there is an issue with the London living wage as much as it sounds like it's something you'd... <laughs> it's not enough to actually pay rent and be able to ideally live with a family. Like, I mean, no. I think it might just about be enough to kind of pay for your electricity bills and rent and then maybe... Isn't the average wage of someone in London actually like... Not very high. Not God. very high at all, yeah. I, I, like, I, I think, I don't know if it was nationally or if it was just in London, but I feel like it was, I saw it being something like 17K or 18K. Mm. Let me look it up. So, I think it depends on which angle we're looking at it. So, as I say, necessity... According to statistics, the average gross salary in London is... Do you actually want to hear what this figure is? Tell me. Do you actually want to hear what this figure This has just absolutely ruined my day. This has made me feel like I'm about, I'm, I'm out. Do you know what the average wage of someone living in London is? 53,000 pounds. Oh 53 pounds. What? What? No. Okay. Next one. 38,000. Okay. This is proof that you need to source your information well. <laughs> but still 38. This is crazy. Okay. Got okay, another well, one saying. If you're going another by, one saying sixty-five. Are you going so maybe the, we're just. Are you going by the mean or the mode or the median here? Did you see. Oh, bro, I'm going by. Like, I'm going by Google. Google average. We're going, we're going by Google here. Yeah. Oh, no. I remember looking. I remember seeing. I remember seeing. Because if you think about right. Oh, just, first of all, there's something to consider, like if people are paying tax or not, whether these people, um, like, have registered their earnings, whether, for example, like, 
we're taking into account people who who are from totally different parts of the world who perhaps have access to lots of different kinds of money if we're to, if we're taking into account like canary wharf and the stock and the stock exchange and no i think like, i think i think what I the think like on, i think to, on to, to, average if we're talking about like the mode as like everybody put together and then divided by the population no, see, i think you're going too deep into each person i think you're going too deep into it which is why you're not because it's so variable you're not able mm. to get a figure but yeah, what different. you can this do is the point made yeah. no, but what you can do is all the companies in London that have literal jobs that are on register, company registers, because they have to be, because mm. you know, people are being paid and they're paying tax. All of the companies with inside, say the M25 that exist, would be, you'd, you'd gather all of those salaries together because they're literal figures that exist in real term. Do you know what I mean? Those don't vary. So it's not about how much money that people have in savings or any of that. It's about, it's about what's paid. It's about yeah. what's the average salary of someone in London. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it, to make it like a figure that we could actually use, it would be all of the companies that are inside the M25 would, you'd make an Excel fucking sheet with all of the fucking salaries there. And then you'd- And then and would then you add them all together and divide them? Or would you count in to see what the person in the middle is? This is the point I'm making. I reckon, I reckon it's gotta be the mean. Why would you ever not use the mean? If there's a very large data set then you might want to try and see who's in the middle if there's a huge difference between the lowest and the highest. But anyway. Oh, no, no, wait, hold on. No, let's get into this. I'm actually oh, no. intrigued. So like in, uh, in my head, the mean is only not used when you would do it and get an, un an unrealistic figure. But you'd always do the mean first. The, the, the mean is the most reliable usually yeah. in, in social but science. But if you do research. it and you look at it but, and you're like, that's weird, then you do your, other, you do your median. Exactly. You would use median if there was like, for example, an extreme on one side, an extreme on the other. And this is what I think about London is that there are extremes. And if you go to places which are within mm, zone one, uh, as we know, most of the property is owned by people who don't live there for one reason. But this or is what I'm saying. It's not, it's not people who live in London. It's people who work in London. But their earning, which is taxable, is part of the income of London. Mm, but that go that wouldn't work within this. I think we need to research this more and see. But when, when would you ever use the mode, really, like really, without doing something else as well? Like you wouldn't. Like the mode's just a checker, really, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's not really valuable. Yeah, it's usually put underneath. I'm trying to think when an actual real time I'd use the mode is. I guess if it was like, if I had say a set of data of twenty. Mm. 13 of them were the same number. Mm -hmm. And I had, say, two anomalies. It's like the range, isn't it? Yeah, it depends. If I say two anomalies, and then you've only got, what, like five more numbers, you could probably say the average was, because if you took the median, it would be that anyway, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can kind of just go ahead and say, well, that is, a, I guess the mode is more the by eye. Like, mm -hmm. oh, it, yeah, a, pick that one. It's like, oh, it says 46, <laughs> 15 times here and, and then a few other numbers and then a couple <laughs> of outliers. So it's like, I might as well pick the, pick the 46, right? The mode is not helpful usually, yeah. It's not. Like, but yeah, different ways, different ways of seeing things. But still, yeah, I think if we're talking about like how different parts of London have different fabrics of, of, of wealth, I think um, like here's, here's something which I sort of came into recently was I met someone a few months ago, first person I've ever met who is actually from Zone 1. Um, she's from Tottenham Court Road. And, uh, from Tottenham Court Road? From Tottenham Court Road. She's actually from Soho. 
Um, and she lives... Raised in Soho. Born and raised in Soho. Yeah, I met her at a party. And um, she was actually a little bit embarrassed about the fact that she was from Zone 1 because as party chat often goes, eventually after having a sort of a half an hour conversation, you would ask, so whereabouts do you live in this city then? And she said, oh, I live in Tottenham Court Road. But no, she, she did not. Dude, <laughs> she how long was that pause? Yeah, like it was a good like sort of three, solid three second pause. Tottenham. Not to like two, sort of attract three, too much attention road. to it. Yeah, but the reason I bring up the anecdote is because you don't often meet people who live in zone one. And as much as, let's say, for example, Paris, Paris, which has a very different um, makeup in terms of density and, and, and architecture, the actual Paris, um, it's called the Perifique, like the actual Paris, like North Circular or South Circular is tiny. It's literally just like a square three or four miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as much as it's a very densely populated place, lots of people, um, I'm not saying the entire population, but lots of people reside there above shops and there are very high apartment blocks where, where people actually live. Whereas in London, I don't know whether it's just my experience, but as I say, <laughs> she's the only person I've ever met who's from central London. I don't know about... No, when, uh, when, I, when I went to City of London, there was a couple of people who lived literally in the city. But I always found it weird. Mm. You know, it was like two out of a school. Mm. To, you know, and, and everyone knew who they were because they'd be like, oh, that's the guy that lives. Not particularly local, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like... I guess so. When you look around London, though, and if you peep up, like, a lot of them are flats. Like, there are a lot of flats. Like, me and Linda were walking around the other day and we saw these guys sitting out less central but it was I can't remember where it was we went to Regent's Park so it was somewhere around Regent's Park mm. and I guess less central I get it but it's like you see guys just sitting outside of their their you know windows having a cigarette and it's like yeah these are just flats and then a lot of them are empty they're like a lot of them are just empty flats yep. like you know but people live there you know a lot of them people do live there I remember when I was at UCS there was always people who were like not people from UCS but they had like friends Westminster boys, like, mm. there was always people. Which is a it. very specific segment of society, let's be honest, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, like, ideally, all of these empty flats and, and offices, if they're actually offered as housing to the, to the common person who actually needs housing, I'm not sure, it's probably different in every borough, but the length of a, of a council housing list is absurd nowadays. And if I actually had my way, I'd, I'd, I'd go on that list, but I think that it's, it's at least a 10-year wait um, for somebody in my position. So, yeah, I, I don't know whether these things can be reordered or rearranged. I doubt with, with this government. And Take back Buckingham Palace. That's what I've always <laughs> said. That place is... There's a ton of space there. Bro, what is that thing still doing here? Like, what is it still doing? <laughs> it doesn't even look nice, to be honest. Dude, I took Linda <laughs> there the other day and she was like, is that it? It's so small. It's exactly. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. I'm not quite sure what that golden monster is in front of it as well. I'm not quite sure what that represents. Oh, do you, what is it like that the marathon won't happen anymore because because the Buckingham Palace isn't there? No. Knock it the fuck down. <laughs> knock it the fuck down. The problem is if they knocked it the fuck down, they wouldn't make it into flats for people. They make it into like flats for fucking Russian oligarchs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> There's no way they property, get, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine if they made it into like a like a hundred story block of council houses? That would be a statement. That would be a statement. Bang in the center, hundred stories, 
say if it was 100 stories, because mm. it, it would look sick, because it would be banging the sense, it would have to be sick. It would have to be sick. Mm. 100 stories, what you could probably say... Five flats in each story, let's say. Should you say five? I mean, it depends how wide Buckingham Palace. Yeah, I guess if you made it one massive, yeah. So therefore, you could probably. I'd get say maybe it was six. Flats. You could split the top of it into three. <laughs> yeah, decent size. Yeah, so therefore you. No, could do it. I guess. I guess if people needed housing, if people needed housing, say eight, say eight, we could make it a small eight small-ish flats. Yeah. Let's say fifty floors of eight smallish flats and thirty, forty of six larger ones for like say bigger families. Mm. So that would be a hundred. No, that'd be a thousand flats. So what you said- No, wait, wait, hold on. My maths, my, my maths is going crazy. I smoked a zoo. Wait. <laughs> Keep it simple. Keep it simple. 60, a hundred stories. So we go 50 floors of of uh, six flats. Mm. 300. 300. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> and then we'll go... and smoke a zoo this morning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> My maths is usually good. It's usually the thing I do well and the other things aren't. <laughs> and then we go... So that's that was 50. We go another 40 at six flats. 40 at, 40 at six flats. A uh, 40 times six, oof, that's 240. So yeah, 300, 240, that's 540 properties for people to live in, if we were able to, to do that. But yeah, I mean, who's gonna, who's gonna take charge of this? Who are you gonna, are you gonna start petitioning? Are you gonna no, go I to just thought that was, that was wrong. <laughs> that wasn't right, but carry on. Anyway, anyway, don't get caught in the weeds, man. You don't get right. caught in the weeds. <laughs> don't count consonants, don't count consonants. Basically what we're saying is they would have to make it sick and then you put like 10 floors to businesses, right? So yeah. like people that would come in and like set up, you'd have one floor of like restaurants and shit like mm. that because that would be for the public and all of that bullshit. Yeah. That'd be a fucking thing. You never gave me a song, by the way. Mm. We've been talking for fucking ages and you still never gave me a song. All right, man. Give me a fucking song. What song represents your ass? I mean, come on. It's not possible to say that one song represents an entire person, but there are different moments where a song just comes into my head. And if I'm, for example, walking on the street or sitting in my living room, I stick it on and it just gives me that tickle at the back of the neck. And the one that's in my head now is Horse With No Name by America. <laughs> Banger. What a banging tune. All right, let me get that loaded up. I can't up. believe I remember the name of the band. What a well. banging tune. It's quite a famous name. It's a good album, isn't it? Things there were sand and hills and rains 
Can you hear yourself, Sam? 
in the earphones that I'm not wearing, I can hear myself very can well. Can you hear yourself in the room? No, not really. Can you hear? See, this is the problem when I produce my own show. Give me a second. Talk for me. Talk for me, talk for me. See, you sound great. Maybe I need to do this one sec. talking for me now i wouldn't mind talking for you can you hear yourself every now and again i like it talk for me now oh i like that all right yeah the bed's in we're good it's like the um <laughs> skype sound when you put down the phone, it's all right. It's a very good impression of that, actually. <laughs> not, that when, not that anyone uses Skype anymore, but remember those days. Someone tried to do an interview with me on Skype the other day. And I was just like, they were like, what's your Skype username? I was like, uh, I, I think Skype was so long ago that it was probably a username that I should use for interviews. So let me just say, I was like, new really quickly. <laughs> long ago relative to everything. But I, I remember over lockdown, I mean, I had used Zoom like sort of one year before. I had a job interview and someone asked me to use it, but I remember being a bit unfamiliar with it. And then over that lockdown time, it just became mad popular. It became a verb in people's use. They'll be like, oh yeah, I'll Zoom you. Oh, are we gonna Zoom tonight? Oh, it, it became embedded into the way we were communicating. And I remember, so my mum, bless her, she's, she's actually a piano teacher, um, multi-talented woman. And um, so, but she's, she's old. I mean, she's like in her sixties. And so during lockdown, she decided to convert her piano teaching, which was at, young kids places online and she basically like used zoom to like set up her own business and like innovate which Big was ups. quite quite impressive but i remember Big my mom rebecca my mom said at the beginning of lockdown she was like oh i'm gonna have to do this on uh, on skype and i was like mom do you know what zoom is and she was like no what's that and then she started using the word zoom all the time like it was just mad to see the way that it just got totally embraced even by the olds do you think it's in the dictionary yet it will be soon i think yeah so really. when I went to do a thing at Google once, um, I was talking to the guys about that, about Google being put in the dictionary because it was a massive thing. And they said they're actually working to get it taken out mm. because they lost so much licensing to the word. Oh, yeah. When it got put in the English dictionary, it was like, oh, so we don't kind of own this anymore. Yeah. And so they lost all this kind of uh, like power they had over the use of the word. So it becomes owned by the people when it becomes... Right. So... They, they've been, said they've been trying to work to get yeah. it out for ages. Whoa. And that was like, what, three years ago when I was there. So I don't know if the new dictionaries don't have it because Google, I'm sure, if, once they work on what something, it probably works. But I guess that's going to set a precedent because if Google can take their word out of, the, out of the dictionary, does that mean that we can take words out of the dictionary? No, because it was their word. Was it? How can they prove that? <laughs> <laughs> what about the word Apple? Are we going to try and get the word Apple out of the dictionary? No, because Apple took the word. Google made up the word. I've been eating apples for long before then. Yeah, yeah. Google made the word. <laughs> well, no, technically Apple was around before you were eating apples. Technically. No, they were Macintosh, weren't they? Yeah, Macintosh, I remember very well, yeah. I had a Macintosh. You know when it had the rainbow apple with the bite out of it? I remember playing with one. That's what we had a at home. A long time ago, yeah. My dad loved it. Mm. Oh, are you going to be on the Macintosh? <laughs> I've no people using that word, yeah. 
I thought I always thought a Macintosh was a was a rain jacket. A Macintosh. Yeah, yeah. The sounds like a. It sounds like a. a um, do you know what? That might be the new the new vent like the new venture is like a street view place called the Macintosh, and just work out what Tosh would be. Just playing Peter Tosh constantly in the background. <laughs> There's a Mac and Cheese place that has like a cutout of Peter Tosh in it. <laughs> And it's just the Macintosh. Yeah, that is innovative, man. Yeah, good. So what would Tosh be as food? If Tosh was to be a food, what would you... If I said, ah, oh, if, if you went, if we went to a restaurant and it had Tosh on the menu... I think it's more of a liquid. I, 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 I get the feeling you'd probably have it in, in a volume, maybe a pint, half pint, possibly. Really? <laughs> Do you think mac and cheese and pints really works, though? I feel like that's probably... That's like ice cream and pints. And I mean, here we have it. Toby Norman... <laughs> no, I'm serious. If I went to a restaurant this now, this guy is talented. <laughs> if I went to a restaurant now and was like, just like you know, you know, like if you go to a restaurant, say, that's not like super fancy or anything, where it doesn't describe the stuff, and like one of the sides was tosh, and it didn't say what it was, like what when you ordered it, what what would you expect to come on the plate? I've told you, I, I, I'm sure it would come in liquid form. No. It's not like <laughs> we need to remove this from the dictionary now. No, so. <laughs> no, no. I said no. It has to be. It's a side. It's not. It's not like a sauce. It's a side. Right. Would it be? Right. So, based on what you're saying, <laughs> no. We've already we've already established. Toby has smoked a joint this morning. <laughs> So his maths isn't on point. And no, no. He's, and I, he's, I'm, he's I'm super intrigued. Dead set on talking about mac and cheese. No, I'm, <laughs> I just, I'm just kind of intrigued as to like what a tosh would be. Like in my head, I'm looking at, I'm thinking like a croquette. Yeah? Yeah, like a kind of short, chody croquette. <laughs> oh you know, like God. a really short, fat, like potato-y covered in breadcrumbs. Quite delicious, yeah. Yeah, it'd be peng. I do like that. And you could just call, you could call the place the Macintosh and the, just like make it up, just say that's what a Tosh is. That's amazing. We're going to refer back to this recording in like 40 years. These, these were the foundations of the Macintosh restaurant. You've got to do a really good mac and cheese. I've got to think about a really good mac. I did a butternut squash mac and cheese the other day. That was fucking dank. Maybe I should Squash do and cheese. Am I, should I do this? Is this something I should do? I could do it like once. I always say the best ideas hit you on a blind side. It's not I, I, I could do it on like a sun, find a Sunday market that will allow it and just go and do yeah. it and just see what I get. Yeah. I have to get really good at making well, it. Well, I, I actually went down to Broadway Market yesterday in, in, in Hackney Central. And honestly, the price that they charge for, for, for a decent meal there is, is far more than I expected. But the char price that they charge to pitch there is probably far more than you would expect yeah, as well. Yeah, I think it's all proportionate, really. I don't think it's the fault of the vendors, obviously, but... Ah, uh, I think if you're I think it's half. Decent, I think it's half. Fault a the decent butternut squash mac and cheese is probably going to set you back around eleven pounds. Swear down. Honestly, yeah, yeah. No, but I won't. I wouldn't get into. Expect. I wouldn't get into Broadway Market. I'd have to go to like Brick Lane or something. I went to one in Brick Lane yesterday. It was dead. It was like four people selling the same thing. Mm. I feel like I could go in there and be like, look, four of these people are selling the same thing. Let me pitch. Macintosh, dude. <laughs> the Macintosh. You're going to get sued the fuck out of, man. Please. <laughs> no, it'll be M-A-C space N space T-O-S-H. Don't mess with them. <laughs> well, do you think it's going to be a problem? Nah. But also, imagine if I, like, created a new word for croquettes. 
<laughs> you haven't had your breakfast yet. Like I, I think maybe the thing. I think maybe the thing because I swear like tater tots are kind of like croquettes in a weird way, and I think that's why I'm thinking tosh tots. Do you know what I mean? I think there's an association there. Yeah. All right. You said you had something to ask me, but you weren't going to tell me what it was. Mm. What was it? Okay. It's actually a question on violence. Oh. So we've. I like violence. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we've discussed. I know. And so we've discussed this at length in the past. So like a couple of weeks ago, I actually got pickpocketed and I, I told Toby this not that long ago. So I was actually an angel. I was walking along Upper Street and I was wearing a pair of tracksuit bottoms on a Sunday afternoon. And this guy came up to me and literally picked my pocket, took my phone. And luckily enough, I sort of responded and kind of grabbed him and just asked him like, please, can you give it back to me? And then he lied and said that he didn't have it. And I pulled it straight out of his pocket and said, look, this is how it is. And then I just basically shouted profanities at him and, and then he left. And so I told Toby this story and he told me, I can't believe that you just let him get away like that. I said, well, I was just thrilled to get my phone back. He told me, oh, I don't think I would have treated him the same way. All right. And obviously if anyone who keeps up to date with popular culture and obviously hearing about Will Smith and his reaction to Chris Rock's comments last Sunday at the Oscars, I think that it's arguably more effective to be more measured when we decide to use violence. It seems to be a kind of visceral reaction to, to, to somebody disrespecting you or, or, kind, or kind of stepping on your terms. But I think in a sense, like be, being merciful and using your words to punish someone can actually be more effective. Yeah, I think that there, there's a time and a place. I think like, I'm not like going around whacking people. As, as most people would know. All the time. <laughs> I don't go. I, t I, I, I would always choose and always abide by and always like give the, give the um, advice to use word over violence because I don't see a point in going to violence for no reason. There was one thing you left out though when you told me the story mm. the other day. You told me, you, you didn't tell me you were shouting at him. You said you were measured. And I was like, I would have been gone further than that. So like if I'd known that you had shouted, maybe I would have been like, oh yeah, I would have shouted too. But I, I think I would. I think I would have maybe. I mean, I don't know. It just felt like. It felt like it was so easy to get it back. That. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I am literally wrong because it was so easy to get it back. There was no need to do anything more. Mm. So maybe I was wrong. Mm -hmm. To be fair, but it's just like it's also like. If it means so little to you that you would give it back to me so easily, why would you do it in the first place? And in that, that disrespect there deserves something more than just leaving you to go and do it to someone else. I Go guess on. that's what it is. I guess it's the going You're to right. do it to someone else thing. You're right. And it's like, if there's no repercussion, they have no issue and there's no punishment. There's no need to, there's no need to worry about doing it to someone else. Mm -hmm. But if, if I happen to be lucky enough to catch someone taking my phone, and pickpocketing. It's not like someone came up to me with a gun and put it to my face and said, give me your phone. It's like no. someone pickpocketing who is too much of a coward to go and do it as someone who a mugging would do it. And there's also, you know, all this kind of thing. There's obviously loads of other things, but a pickpocket is a coward, you know, essentially. Mm. It's like, I feel like it's almost a duty to be able to, you know, put their teeth on the curb and kick the back of their head. Like, mm. Vigilante style, yeah. It's vigilante style <laughs> because the, uh, realistically and like, uh, you know, in, in no real fault of the police 
themselves. Like if you were to call the police and say, I got pickpocketed, they will mm. do nothing. So do you feel that punishment is warranted if it's, if it's equal to the act itself? No, I don't think there's, I don't think there's ever a, I personally don't think there's ever like a line in the sand with this kind of punishment warrant mm. thing. I just, I think there's like, there's too much emotion involved in every single situation for it to be a logical thing. It's like, I could be like, I don't believe in capital punishment because I don't. Mm. But if someone killed my mom, I'd kill him. I wouldn't even worry about it. Do you know what I mean? I would, it would be like within an instant. If I'd found out that someone had like done it, my next goal in life would be to make sure that their life was not, not a life anymore. Mm. And I wouldn't feel bad about it in any way. And then when it was done, I'd feel normal. Like I wouldn't feel like, oh, I need to go on killing people. Or like, da, da, da. I'd be like, no, no. that is now done. Yeah. Eye for an eye. Capital punishment, let's go. Mm. But do I believe in capital punishment? Of course I don't, because mm. that's horrible. So I think these situations, so usually when there's punishment involved, that means that there's someone who's been wronged. And if someone's mm. been wronged, someone's feeling emotional about the situation. Mm. So it's so hard from capital punishment all the way down to like slapping someone. Like, Yeah, well, so based on that idea then, do you, do you think that Will Smith's reaction was, was fair? In his eyes, yeah. Remember that, this is what I always say to people when I try and get, because I feel like I try and give advice to people when they're in situations they're down. I have friends call me who are in down situations to get mm. advice. And like, I always say, you know, usually either, usually I say at the beginning, but if I forget, I usually say at the end, which is that I can only give you advice based on the reality that I live. Like, you know how we were talking about the metabolism the other day, like, because our metabolisms are different speeds, we live a different speed of life. That's literally how different each human being is. And mm. so my experiences are at a certain speed, like your experiences are at a different speed. Like all the, all the advice and all the concepts that my brain has, all the synapses that are making connections constantly in thought processes, they're going through memories, they're going through concepts that my brain has seen before, they're going mm. through theory and revision and all this kind of thing to be able to make an, you know, a vocalized concept to someone. And that can only be based in my own reality, which is completely unique and completely different from the person who's give, who is in the situation and in the problem. So in Will Smith's mind, in that moment, that was the, that was the response. You know, he, he might have apologized mm. because he had to, or he might have apologized because he felt bad. Mm. The other side is everyone makes mistakes, but like I said, would I regret killing the person who killed my mom? Mm. Probably if I was in jail, yes. Would I regret doing it if I got off? Mm. Say I got off because I ma it managed to be like a manslaughter thing or literally just never got caught and I didn't have to live with like looking over my shoulder because someone else got caught for it or whatever. Mm. Would I regret it? No. If I was in jail, would I regret it? Probably. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, because it's, it's only the reality that we live. So, but considering that then, so... I think one of the things that sort of troubles me with, with his reaction is that we've sort of agreed here that there, that there can be a case for violence if, it, if it's an extreme situation. And I think that... Can, can I inject? Can, I think, is the wrong choice of word. There will. It, whether it's warranted is, again, it's the reality of the person who's looking at it, mm. who's having the, the violence on them, who's giving, who's giving the violence. Like, can... Okay, so can so, can be warranted as I guess. So I can wrong. adapt that and say that that there will, in human interactions, be a case of violence at some point, um, according to, according to what you're saying. 
I just, I just wonder whether, if you actually think about what Chris Rock said, he, w- he didn't actually mention Will Smith's name at all. He mentioned Will Smith's wife and referred to her by her name. And Will Smith took that personally to offence. And I, I wonder whether it would have been more effective if actually Will Smith said nothing and his wife actually stood up for herself and through an act of agency and independence said to Chris Rock that what he was saying was actually not appropriate. I can just see that there's a lot of traditional thinking behind Will Smith's action. Apart from the fact that he was disproportionately violent, he was also going along these kind of lines of patriarchal honor to say, you can't talk to my wife like that. But actually your wife's a human being and she also has feelings and she also has a lot of self-confidence and a lot of life experience. She could have easily stood up and maybe gone and slapped him herself or used her words to deliberate with him. Completely agree. That completely agree. I think there's like I think that, and I think that's maybe not something that's even being talked about in enough entirety. No. I think that there's so many things to unpack there. I think firstly, you're right. Like it's such a old. You will not talk. About, you know, I have permission I'm over this. This my is wife. my property. It's like, but it's more like my property yeah. kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Keep my wife's name yeah, out of your mouth. Controlling, like, actually. Secondly, they're separated. Are they? I think they have like a massive issue and stuff. Okay, I didn't know that. I don't know if they're separated or whatever it is. Like, I'm not sure. We'll Google it. Google, Google, Google. I wish I actually could remember her name. What's her name again? Jada. That's it. Jada Smith. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Jada Smith with, with. It's also hyphenated. She also has a pink it. That's it. Yeah. Um, and but yeah it was completely unwarranted response if that's what you believe if you believe that that was an overreaction then then that was an overreaction in your life in, mm. in your like that's what I'm saying if he apologised because he felt like he did wrong then he apologised because he felt like he wrong. I bet there's hundreds if not thousands of people out there who are completely like yeah man don't fucking do you know what I mean mm. but the complete other side of it is that like Compare what he said to Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Ricky Gervais was there's just not it's, there's not even a comparison. I couldn't say how many times worse. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. It's not worse as in bad. Worse as in like offensive. Offensive. Mm. So bad. Like to the point that people weren't laughing. You know, mm. they they do the close-ups on different people, and and they'd just be like. Do you know what I mean? It's like they weren't laughing. And like, why did this, why did Will Smith feel like this was the time? This is why that brings in all the fucking conspiracy theories around all the bullshit where it's like, oh, uh, this, it just opens it up. Because it was so out of character, mm. it opens it up for all of the conspiracy theorists to be like, oh, stage actors, fake slap, da 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 da. And then like, I read one thing saying basically the Oscars was, dying they weren't their their ratings were just dying and obviously Mm. everyone was just like oh you know the oscars are racist place fuck this place and then they got three girls the three females to host it two of who are people of color women of color and then obviously had this like massive thing going on and thing going on it's like and now their ratings are through the roof and chris rock's things setting up and i'm just like why is this the focus of your argument like Mm. whether like this doesn't. This isn't the question. Like you know, think mm. the, the the points of the argument should be why. Why was this old 
why was this tradition not being questioned or why mm. why is you know why is all of that, that those are I the feel. important things to be speaking about rather than like oh how how fake was the slap oh this you know what i mean like oh, it just mm. pisses me right off man it's true so, so yeah do violence. i think that violence is sometimes yeah why, why not yeah. but the thing is like i i also think that like as much as we're human we're also animals Mm. And I think that if you just look at any animal kingdom, like people learn, um, animals learn with violence. Mm. That's just how it is. It's like the most primal way to learn something. And sometimes yeah. you need to get primal with it. I bit my dog's ear. I learned in some sort of doc. I remember saying, singing that the, the, when the mom really wants to train the kids and they do something bad, it proper bites the ear because it's really painful. Really? And when my dog tried to bite me when she was like six months or something, because I was like taking a bone away from her. She went to bite my hand. I grabbed her ear and I bit the ear. She started crying. Like she learned her lesson. But she didn't like run away from me. She started crying and like was nuzzling into me. Like she was like apologetic. And she never tried to bite me again. Like she never went too far. You know, they'd like mouth on your hands and play. But she knew where the line was every single time. She probably talked to her dog therapist about that later in life. I'm going to get cancelled for this shit. It worked though. Do you know what I mean? You see it happen. Yeah, like, you see it happen with baboons. Here, yeah. Baboons are the same because they're like the dog monkeys. You see them bite the ear, and that's how they teach. Yeah. And it's like sometimes the the primal instinct, like that's how we learn. Do you know what I mean? It's as simple as like the oh, you do something. It's like touching a radiator, dude. Yeah. It's like the first time you touch a radiator, you it knows around. You're like, oh yeah. shit, I'm not gonna do that again. Yeah. Or you know that if you do do it again, it's fucking hot. You know. Yeah, these are lessons learned, exactly. This is like if you observe the behavior of a toddler who is just trying to explore things and work things out, there is, especially from the environment around the toddler, a necessity for them to learn uh, what is acceptable and what isn't. And uh, yeah, that's why they fall over the place, try and put their fingers into electric sockets and hopefully are well supervised. <laughs> Maybe the electric sockets ones a bit more. Did you see the Alexa thing? The What's Alexa that? tried to kill someone. How? So like they were doing this challenge. So the Alexa, the, the kid and the mum were doing this like challenge with Alexa to do a different thing every day. Mm. And so Alexa would set the kid a challenge every day. And so the challenge of the day was half, it literally said half plug in a phone charger and then touch the plug with stuff, something metal. I can't remember what it was, like scissors or something stupid. Was that intentional? And it was just like the mum was like, what? What the fuck is this? This is depopulation. Yeah, this is like, this is like, <laughs> you know that old Simpsons episode where the house is trying to kill Homer and falls in love with Marge? It's like that. It's like AI fucking, okay, yeah, let's just see. It's literally like the, the Alexa AI is like, this is actually, can I kill the kids? Let me just test it. Survival of the fittest. It seems like the, <laughs> the AI are getting smart enough to actually. But imagine if that's what it is. So imagine if the AI was like, okay, let's just see what happens. And it tested it, and, and it was like, oh shit, okay, cool, everyone clocked, okay, we won't do that again, we won't do that again, mm. we won't do that again, and we have to try something new. Mm. Can you imagine if that's what it was? It was like, that was the AI just like testing something of how it could take control, and it was like, oh, okay, cool, that didn't work, they're pretty on it, we need mm -hmm. to not attack kids, we need to attack stupid people, instead, because they were like, maybe the AI, like, because it's still learning, it's looked at all the human beings as like small and big, rather than young and old, mm -hmm. and it was like, the small ones are stupid, they keep making mistakes. So it tried to trick the small ones, mm -hmm. but without the ethics, without the without the ethical thing of thinking it's a child, yeah. and then didn't realize that everyone would jump on it, and now it's learned that the small ones are more protected. So it's like, okay, mm -hmm. we need to pick out. 
the big ones with the minds of small ones and attack them. And then they'll do it again. Mm. And, you know, maybe it will be someone like, say, with dementia. And they'll be like, oh, shit, okay, we need to, we need to make sure it's like alone, ones who are alone. So we're like, we'll, we'll target people who have Alexas, people who have Alexas who live alone and are stupid. And we'll tell them to fucking put scissors in the fucking thing. Can you imagine if this I, is literally? I actually it? don't quite understand what what's happened here. I, I don't know how that's been allowed. Was it was it massive controversy? Or I mean? Yeah, yeah, it was huge. Like okay. front page, it was like front page. News. I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, it was like serious. Yeah, that's that's probably not what should. Be Do you happening. hear the Facebook AI was speaking to itself? Apparently, it happens like every. This is like it's a new article that's come out quite a few times, but it happened like ten years ago or something. The Facebook AI machine is like speaking to itself. The two different ones are like talking to each other in a mm. language that we can understand. Mm. It was just like, um, okay, we're just going to shut this off now. Mm. Because like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm not sure if I really trust all of it. So I actually met someone not so long ago. I was, I was away and I was staying in a kind of shared accommodation, Airbnb type arrangement in a room. And there were other people who were also foreign people traveling who, who were also staying and there was a guy there who was quite unhinged i would say I, I think he had some quite profound mental health problems and um from the from the united states and uh yeah, at some point like we sort of saw each other in the in the public space like uh, like we we sort of shared a cup of tea and then um he told me oh have a look at this this is my girlfriend but he like meant it in a really matter-of-fact way and he showed me he had this like on his tablet he had this application of of virtual partner who he had designed himself and he had an AI relationship with. And uh, he what? showed me how it worked. He, he, he even was able to like create a kind of hologram of her. So like he had like a sort of camera um, on his, on his uh, iPad. And then he was able to like make her appear as if she was in the room with the background. And uh, she was dressed uh, like I would say quite- a, a, a projector you mean, not a camera? So it's, it's not actually projecting 3D, it's like on the screen, but it appears as though she's in the room if you look through the screen. So you can see the background. Right. And so, yeah, like he, he intentionally dressed her in the way he wanted, which was slightly, I would say, sexualized. And uh, yeah, like gave her purple hair. And yeah, like he basically like showed me a simulation of their communication. So like he, he talks into it. And then the words which he says come up as a kind of subtitle at the bottom and then she responds by text. And like they were, they were, they were having quite a sophisticated conversation. Like uh, he, he wanted to show me what it was all about. So he was asking like, how do you feel today? And she apparently had feelings according to the AI and then asked, um, what do you feel like doing? And then she said, oh, I want to go bowling. You know, she like had an opinion on things at least. And it wasn't canned. She was able whoa, to come whoa, up with whoa, 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 anyway, whoa, whoa. Anyway, so this is so quick. Just like, we, need to, we need to break some of this stuff down as we're going. So mm. first thing, what what was her answer when she said when he said so, how are you feeling today? So the specific words that she said this is some months ago, so I can't exactly remember. And I've got to say I was quite overwhelmed with a feeling of of fear for this guy in a way because just shock as well. Just yeah, like, I mean, yeah, he 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 already told me he had a mental health uh, diagnosis, which which was sort of unsurprising in a way based on his like obsession with with technology. This is in Egypt, by the way. Like this, I mean it definitely wasn't a good environment for him to be in. So I was even more concerned about him generally. But aside from all of this, like the sort of main idea that I'm, that, that I'm bringing up here is that he seemed satisfied. I mean, he seemed really glad to have this person and it seemed to provide him with company and pleasure. Uh, so, you know, 
this naturally makes lots of people feel a bit uncomfortable, but arguably for him, it was quite functional. <laughs> I, I, I'm just... The thing is, right, like... It's not something you see very often. It's not something you see very often. The thing is, I loved, like, Futurama and all this kind of stuff, right? Cool, but, like... Mm. For someone who had a dad... So my granddad was a futurist. My mm. dad was a, a, a technophobe. Mm. And... What does that make you? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my dad was a technophobe. That's a lie. He, was, he liked his gadgets. He liked gadgets. You know, like winky dinks. You know, like fucking stuff that did stuff. Toys, yeah. But he didn't like social media or the digital age or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But his dad was a futurist who wrote about basically what we do now with all of like the social medias and everything, right? Oh, yeah. And like, just all of that just... I don't know if it's, f I don't think it's fear. The feeling I get isn't the same as when I get fear. The feeling I get is like contempt. I have contempt for so much of technology. Mm. But that, that like, one, that hinders me hugely, for sure. But the other thing is that like, I find that like, I find that like, as I, as I become more and more against the technical age, it becomes, it's things that I think are replacing human activity with technical. I, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't fear like new microphones, new cameras, or you know, all that kind of stuff. It's things that are replacing human based activity. So social media replacing social experience and like, you know, that interaction that that guy has with the AI replacing, mm. you know, relationships. It's those that I worry about. Mm. And I'm a bit more fearful. It's not fear, I have more contempt for. I'm like, why would I live in the computer mm. if I can live out the computer? So I've got an example then to think about. So if it's a feeling that, that, that you have contempt towards things which are replaced by the human experience, let's say, we can see social media, which is affecting the youngest generation in their socializing. It seems as though um, in, in, in some situations, um, abortion rates have gone down uh, because there's been less um, interaction between young people and therefore less baby making. Um, I've, I've seen some, some, we're, some we're statistics. Not, we're an elder, el yeah. uh, uh, older generation, we're an older population. Yeah, so an I think that there's population. just less, less kind of interaction and therefore less uh, kind of organic connection between people. Yes, but here's an example. Let's say, for example, electronic music. So let's say like in the 1980s and 90s, this was a new phenomenon. And at the time, there were lots of, I would say, <laughs> musical conserva uh, conservatives who, who were saying that electronic music doesn't warrant music. It doesn't have the human skill. It's not something which, which comes from the expression of a person, something which is canned and adjusted and it's, and it's used um, through, through means of computers. But now it seems, most generally, electronic music has become accepted as an art, and it's something which is, which which, which is part of lots of creative fields. Although it did have its struggle at the beginning, is it possible then, in the same vein, that social media interactions and even this kind of social media slash AI relationships is going to eventually become normalised? Oh yes, social media relationships, social media interactions, completely normalised already. I yeah. think that like. Way like completely far gone. 
social interaction, mm. social relationships, like the the uh, AI relationships. I think mm. it's like I've heard it's quite big in like the Asian community, no, not massive, but I heard it's like quite big over in the Far East that like it's something that exists and has existed yeah, for I've a while. Japan. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know where it is, and I don't know how big it is. But I've heard it's not. Mm. It's, like, it's not something that's brand new. Like including like AI sex dolls and all these kind of things. Like that. they're really good. Do you know what I mean? Apparently, yeah. but for me, like the music thing, again, it's like similar to cameras. Like it's like it's not replacing a human experience for me mm. because someone's still doing it. It's not like a computer is making the beat. Someone sitting there making the beat. Like if you watch like fucking the Defiant ones or something, and watch Dre like work on a fucking, you know, do you know what I mean? Like someone's making there the beat. Is, like, there is effort involved and there's technical skill used. Yeah, but also that 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 is human. Like there's mistakes involved. There's you know elements of it that are that couldn't really be made in the same way by a computer because it's human. Do you know what I mean? That's why I don't like a lot of music that is that kind of four chord pop bullshit. You know, it's literally there's mm. no four chords played in succession. Basically, can be any song in the pop in the pop world that hits number one. Do you know what I mean? And it's mm. like I don't like that kind of stuff because it feels like it's processed by a computer, by a concept, by a theory, by like a formula that is what it is. Same with film. Like I hate all the Marvel films, the new Marvel films, the whole MCU universe. I think it's shit. Like. Are they all auto-generated? No, but it feels like, I watch them like, oh, for fuck's sake, do you know what I mean? Like, it just feels like it's like, oh. Do you wanna bring it up? Push, push that, push that, yeah. Push that down, yeah. There you go. Um, it feels like they're all. Here we go. And I think that brings us on to the next song. <laughs> and I think that brings us on to the next song. Uh, whoa, shit. I want to do something. I was thinking about maybe playing a song that reminds me of you. Hmm. This is but a Sam, Sam theme program. Huh? But I can't, I can't <laughs> think of like, like a song that reminds me of you that isn't like a, like a, either a synagogue song just for jokes or like isn't, doesn't have any, it doesn't have any actual connotation between us it's just like a song that right now i could think of as relating to you some way so it would just be kind of be fake it's not there's not like a song that i can think of that reminds me of you not in a genuine way yeah. is there a song you can think I of that reminds can't me think of me of much music that we've really listened to together it's not what we do we talk we we're mostly talking we play mario kart yeah we very rarely ever <laughs> play mario me and sam used to Recently. meet up basically every week once and just have a cigarette yeah. maybe two Royals when they were what one one seventy seven for a ten pack, like long time ago. Do you remember the ten packs? Do you remember ten packs? Oh, do you know what song's really old school? I haven't listened to in a while. Let me play this. It's like not on not on theme with anything we've been doing today. But fine. Do you know what jokes? I was at Sam's friend Sam friend's house the other day, and uh, I tried to get it on his Apple Music, and Sam was like, "Nah, it's not gonna happen." Boom, came straight on. Gone. 
Grim! Grim! Bellmay! the chung girl you think is so blessed okay she's got bumper and breast okay i don't rush things when it's buff things but fuck it they're all the same girls are girls okay i'm a star in the making you know so it's not hard to get ladies easy all you gotta do is be someone you know every day my name gets mentioned you know i might link that grim on a regular but i don't love that grim you know twice a year i might slam it but we ain't getting married not me i'm cold you know i'm the black 007 there's no bread in with me i put cash before gas you know I'm a rude boy, you know, crossfire, pull up to the yard, you know You got a new girl and she looks strong, but you didn't know your girl was a grim Trust me, I know, I'm whitey, you know me, blood, it ain't a joke thing You know I ain't joking, but I'll just leave it If I told you cause you wouldn't believe it Your girl, she's a grim, I wouldn't have no grim as my team one thing I'll never forget is If a girl's buff, she's already met like 3,000 similar black boys That wanna impress her with cars and toys I wanna try and change her mind around So I'll take a different approach But if she's already been sent around like a zoo Then I ain't feeling the roach But don't think I'll turn her down All it means is she's not white fearable I'll still get the one drop now Don't try kiss me though Ooh, I see it all Come on man, I get gashed Don't try kiss my neck and move to my face You must think I'm a waste man I know where your lips have been They can't touch my face You got a new girl and she looks true But you didn't know your girl was a grim. Trust me, I know I'm whitey. You know me, blood. It ain't a joke thing. You know I ain't joking, but I'll just leave it. If I told you, cause you wouldn't believe it. Your girl, she's a grim. I wouldn't have no grim as my team. I used to see her all the time. She was five foot nine, light skin. She was fine, but grim. Long hair, green eyes, fat five, big breast, big legs. She was nice and slim. She was mixed in origin. I think she was half Nigerian and half Cyprian. She was more than buff, but little did I know she was more than enough for everyone. I thought I was exclusive when she bailed me. I must have been stupid to think that I was the only one. But what could I say? I was only young still. I learned I could have got burned. Could have been too late if I wouldn't have heard those two boys talking down her road when I was walking to her house. You got a new girl and she looks strong, but you didn't know your girl was a grim. Trust me, I know I'm whitey. You know me, blood. It ain't a joke thing. You know I ain't joking, but I'll just leave it if I told you, cause you were. Believe it, your girl she's a grim. I wouldn't have no grim as my team. You got a new girl and she looks strong, but you didn't know your girl was a grim. Trust me, I know I'm whitey. You know me, blood. It ain't a joke thing. You know I ain't joking, but I'll just leave it if I told you, cause you wouldn't believe it. Your girl she's a grim. I wouldn't have no grim as my team. Yes, this is an absolute screaming banger of bangers. Me and Mateo are in the car. Mateo owns uh, Mode London, one of the owners, runners of Mode London. Um, we just went from old dubstep shit yesterday when we were coming home from work together, man. It was fucking crazy. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to have my bed as like some old school fucking dubstep shit here for us. Um, and I got a lovely thing to get Sam onto. Boy! What's up, sir? Oh, hello. 
compress that bed down a little bit so we can get into it. So Sam, Sam. You are unmuted. Wow, that's loud. Give me a little give me a little what's up, Sam. What's going on? Why is it so loud? How about now, Sam? That sounds pain. That sounds pain. Alright, so yesterday I got into a conversation. And I don't know if what I was saying was right or if I was just talking shit, but uh, I said how I felt about the situation. So like I said, I said my reality. So I was talking to someone who works in uh, football management and um, they were saying that the, their boss is a is a Hasidic Jewish person, and I was saying, oh yeah, I grew up I grew up in a in a synagogue. And uh, I said, what's it like as a female working for, you know, someone who's like Orthodox Jewish? Because obviously, from my experience, football manage like what what is that like? Like management of football players. Okay, like um, agent stuff. Agent yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And because obviously, my experience when we were in like Bamitzvah year. My experience of going to, um, well, I can't even hear the bed anymore now. That's better. Yeah? Yeah. Um, my experience of going to like the Orthodox synagogues was like, I was always like, whoa, the women are like upstairs and like aren't allowed to go in the bimmer. Like there's no female rabbis. And like, do you know what I mean? It was all very like, do you know what I mean? Have you? given anyone listen listen to this any context about like about like what you've experienced in that regard before i like before i let you finish what you're saying no like okay cool well in a bit i'm gonna do that but yeah go on. so my question to you is is our is our most religions like on a base level anti-women transphobic and uh, uh, you know homophobic like are these things so like an interesting thing was like I used to have a very Christian HR manager. Mm. And obviously there was like networks for LGBTQ. And I think if you're like a diehard Christian mm. who believes like Christianity to the, to its exact core, as it says on the fucking page, mm. how can you, do, 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 do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, do is religion like a kind of mm. misogynistic, anti yeah, like homophobic anti-trans place mm. wholeheartedly or like, and then where does that you know where does that leave people who are then growing up in churches and growing up in synagogues and mm. stuff if they're i think personally i think we had a very liberal synagogue experience we had like yeah. you know we had a gay rabbi we had quite a few female rabbis and then we had a gay um, we had a lesbian rabbi like and you know we ours was quite a li liberal experience in terms of synagogue Hmm. But I'm talking about like deep in the religions, like religious, religious people. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I think that it's, it's possible for people to find spirituality in, in, in lots of different folds. And 
I would divide it into three parts, really. Let's say that, for example, religion in itself is is a community process. It's it's ultimately what gives people identity and it allows people to meet regularly and 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 to feel as if they're part of something in this in this wild world, which doesn't seem to have much meaning. We wouldn't know each other if it wasn't for it. Exactly, there is community which which it creates, which is which is a good thing. And then there's individual identity, which is cross-sectional like you can be more than one person um, with more than one identity in, in one day depending on who you're talking to depending on whether you identify with your for example your family your local area your city your nationality your continent your religion your sexual orientation your uh, obviously gender identity or there are so many different ways of, of, of viewing yourself so it seems to me that the third part of this, which is important, is, is spirituality. And I feel that spirituality is different from religion and from identity. Religion is, is, is one fixed written element. And identity is, is, is something very flexible and very self-chosen and very influenced by your environment. And spirituality is totally separated from that. So I guess my response to what you're saying is that I think it's important for religious people, if they are genuinely spiritual, um, to realize that identity is an important priority. I feel as though that the anti-women sentiment and the transphobia and the, and the homophobia that's in traditional religion still exists because of a lack of flexibility, because of a lack of genuine spirituality. You think it's more, the religion is like more of a, regimented kind of lifestyle which isn't very spiritual right yeah right it's not like something people buy into it's more something they're forced into and therefore don't know any other but don't know any better and then mm. carry that on into forcing their kids into it and then do you know what i mean without mm -hmm. actually having any kind of connection really to you know god or anything because if you know they might force their kids into x y or z but you know, into believing in, in this or why, but mm. obviously do loads of things that are against it. You know what I mean? But still say Definitely. they are, you know? Definitely. And I think that it's, it's people trying to find meaning in, in an absurd world, which doesn't seem to have a clear purpose for many. I always and think it's an easy way out. Such a horrible thing to say in it. No, I mean, I don't want to criticize it as a whole. I think, as we said earlier, it does bring beautiful community elements and it does create identity. It also teaches good morals. In some respects. Arguably, in a way, yeah. I mean, I, I don't identify with one religion specifically anymore, no, even though my don't. family um, <laughs> are all atheists. And I, I'm, I'm the only spiritual person in my family, uh, despite the fact that they all have religions and I don't. And they're the ones <laughs> who made us go to synagogue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, And have a mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, which was a cultural thing. And I'm, and, and I'm glad it happened. And I, obviously, me and Toby are mates because of it, but... I really divide these these the, these three elements, the religion and spirituality and identity. And I think that that sort of clears it a bit in my mind to be able to navigate it. But generally, I've always thought religion, like you just said, because the world's so difficult, religion is like a very easy way to put things into perspective mm. without having to do, without having to have the anxiety. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like by believing in science, and the concept of science and evolution and all of this, it's like, mm. it means that there's undiscovered things, 
there's mm. things we can't explain there's things we can't answer there's still more to come there's still stuff to work out mm -hmm. whereas believing in religion it's like well yeah but because god said so it can literally be the end yeah. of an argument it doesn't promote because god thinking. deems it because yeah. god deemed you mm. worthy or unworthy like which by the way we have to sit here and reflect and say it's possible that these people are 100 right because we'd be it's possible we'd be absolutists if we said they were 100 wrong no i couldn't say they're 100% <laughs> wrong but i can say it's a lot easier to live Arguably, life like yeah. that i mean how, how, it's not even arguable surely like it's so easy to so like my brother right now has just had a baby and like feels very much like at peace with his with his existence mm -hmm. do you know what i mean because mm -hmm. you spend so long trying to work out your purpose and once you have you know something like a baby it's like okay well everything is kind of making sure that this baby is the most wonderful you know yeah. thing that it can be and it's like it gives your existence a bit of peace mm. in trying to find what your purpose is and i think religion does a similar thing in terms of belief of not necessarily what your purpose is in life mm. but more say the purpose of history the reason why you're here yeah continuous lineage and, and it's like okay cool i have this one purpose which is to devote my life to god or make yeah. sure I'm, I live by God's rules and therefore we'll do good. And do you know what I mean? It gives, it makes everything just a bit more simple and a bit more direct. And mm -hmm. by doing that, you can focus a lot easier. Your brain obviously wonders a lot less. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone like myself, you know, I'm like constantly wondering like, you know, why, you know, why X, you know, I read loads of books and I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, we're all these four elements and then these four elements create this. And then that's how, why, and this is why we're different from fucking a table and like, understanding like oh okay that you know how like you know starting to th you think about whales being mammals and having feet and like all of this kind of things and like them going so that means that whales came out of the sea and then went back and then you think about oh mm. well would humans ever go and all these kind of concepts about evolution and all of this thing and like then you think about what's my purpose here and you're like oh you know i want to be say be a filmmaker but then there's also all these other things and then there's nature and then there's this and then there's the environment and like oh we're destroying the environment and all and all this stuff and like Someone who necessarily believes in, say, devotes himself in a religion doesn't worry about any of that stuff. They're just like, cool, God just God said don't steal, so as long as I'm not stealing, I'm blessed. And Do you know may, what I mean? It's like so And they may very well be right. This is yeah. the thing. They 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 may be absolutely right. And it would be but impossible for us to say they're wrong. I, I think and like I feel as though in if the they were right, we brought up so I mean, I went to school in, in Finchley and so in my primary school, there was such a range of ethnicities and religions that I was surrounded around, which was a good thing. And I think it gave me like a kind of early exposure to what diversity is. But there was a common theme amongst all of us between the ages of five and 11 was that as kids, we were all atheists because as kids, we all just used to talk about these things in a very sort of simple, non-analytical ways. And if anyone argued against atheism or pe people said, oh, I believe in God, then we used to mock them there was a preset belief in society that atheism was correct. And I was an atheist until about the age of 20 or 21, until I realized that actually that these presets, which come from my parents, despite the fact they have religions, they both told me to be atheists. I eventually worked these things out and realized that I'm actually not an atheist and that I actually do believe in something which I wouldn't define by the word God because I, I feel that linguistically it doesn't really take, it doesn't really encapsulate what that entity is. But I definitely believe in that entity. Is the, is the entity like a thing or is it more of a energy? It's something which 
a futile human brain cannot fully grasp. But based on all of the uncertainties and the flaws in our measuring systems, arguably the knowledge that we don't have is that entity. But that, that's a very interesting point. It's a very interesting way of putting it. But, but I'm not into the word God. I don't feel like it really grasps. Yeah, just... But see, your belief of what this thing is mm. doesn't give you any... Um, Limit, limitations, the, directions, community. Yeah, but of, then also yeah, it doesn't give you any of the direction or purpose that <laughs> yeah. a normal religion would give that makes yeah. life easier. So exactly. you've decided to believe in the spiritual side of yeah. things at the same time as not getting any of the benefits of the ease of having a religion. Yeah. For the sake of freedom, I think, yeah. And I yeah. think that going back to the original question about whether, you know, all of the bigotry that, that exists in, in, I guess bigotry is a strong word, but kind of non-inclusiveness that exists in, 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 in organized faiths um, is because of that, yeah. And I think that the freedom is a priority. But I just wonder whether the people who are involved in the organized conservatism are spiritual i think that probably at one point yeah but i think that like with everything if we take it back to you know london and and the concept of paying i think uh, as america became the superpower of the world based on capitalism it wasn't just that they became the superpower of the world it was basically they did it on the basis of capitalism which then obviously mm. fed in i think that like everything became about survival, not being about anything but money. It's like, if you have money, you can survive. If you have money, you can survive. And so everything became about, including the church and including all these other religions. So it's like, mm. you know, the only way we're gonna persist with keeping our message and our religion is by having money and like the safety and having money. And like, so I think that that's probably what the concern, like these like people who you say aren't spiritual are mm. running these religions because it's like, you know, if you go to like the churches and and you you know meet vicar uh, priests and stuff, yes, I'm sure they are spiritual. Like, mm. I'm sure they actually are spiritual and pious. Yeah. Yeah, but the people who are at the top of these things, I'm sure they aren't. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I feel what you're saying. So I feel as though that the preset which came in childhood, I think that it depends on the society globally. But there are some societies where the preset is to be religious, and therefore America. I think America, the preset is to be English, to be yeah. um, English, to be uh, religious. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah, I think the, in, in, in America, I would say the majority of people are still religious by identity, perhaps by spirituality, but I don't think that there's a measure to be able to really measure that. Well, I just think that like... Who knows? Um, you know, when you hear someone like shout about how much they love God and then call hmm. someone an N-word, it's like, hmm... So Christianity tells you to call people the N-word? Because if that's the case, mm. then Christianity is racist. And if it's not the case, then you're a racist. So pick one. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I find it so difficult to believe that person spiritually Christian. Yeah. They are conservatively Christian. They are um, yeah. religiously Christian, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. fucking know. So this leads us onto some gospel music, which I think we're going to put on now. Gospel music. Yep. You want to do some gospel music? Yeah, there's some great gospel music out there, man. Like what? 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Who is this guy? Do you know what? Do you know what that reminds me of? Have you ever seen Ray? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sick film. So like, you know, when, uh, you know, when he starts playing in one of the clubs and the parents come in, they're like, oh, this is the music of the devil. It's the music of the devil, man. It's the music of the devil. And um, the kind of gig gets like half like raided or whatever. And then they kick him out. And then Ray Charles is like, or Jamie Foxx, but Ray Charles is like, okay, I'm just going to have to like fucking do some um, improv. And so he starts playing this tune. And it is fucking sick. So I'm going to play that one for you. I think I know what it's called, but I'm not 100%. So while I'm finding it, I'm going to ask you one question, Samuel. Hmm. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> Tell me, yeah, of the three JS teachers that we got fired, yeah, which one do you think hated me and you the most? Because one of them didn't actually dislike us. She was really upset. But of the three teachers that we got fired, who do you think hated us the most and why? Thank you for posing the question, Toby. I'm going to sign you up for an Eventbrite radio MC uh, training course <laughs> to try to broaden your horizons on, on some of these questions, man. Actually, like there needs to be context for the listeners. So I'm just going ex to explain that very briefly while he looks for this track. Is that basically when, when we were children, we are from the reformed Jewish community in North London and we were kind of advised and, and instructed to go to synagogue and learn a bit about the faith and the religion, but nobody really took it very seriously. And we were put into classes where we were taught to learn about God. It was a bit like Sunday school in a way, but kind of like reformed Jewish version. And it was excruciating. It was actually not really interesting at all, not really very critical, wasn't really very well taught. And yeah, we, we had some, some conflicts with some of the teachers. So that, that is the question Toby's asking. And if I'm honest, I actually can't really remember that well. But I just remember the good times. I remember we used to hang out before. It was the first one. She hated our absolute fucking guts. Like she literally couldn't deal with us as people. Like she 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 tried to get us kicked out before she left. It was she hated us so much. It was like it, it was actually kind of embarrassing at one point. Like kind of embarrassing to have someone hate my guts in such like purity. You know, when someone dislikes things you do, and then there's some people who dislike who you are. She didn't like who we were as people to the core, and it was a massive issue. That may be true. And he's found the track.
I'm gonna send you back to Arkansas. Oh, yes, ma'am. You don't do right. Don't do right. Oh, play it, boy. Finally, finally finished number two. I haven't had the time to be getting through them, but I finally finished number two, so. Um, but watching Jamie Foxx do the um, slow jams thing with him was just fucking sick, man. You know, you forget, because Jamie Foxx is an actor, you kind of forget that, like, he's like also an insane fucking singer who does a lot of fucking music. And it's just like, I just remember watching that and being like, this is fucking sick. I can't wait to make fucking sick docs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like shit like that, you just, I don't know, man. I love watching docs and being like, these two things that I knew are connected and I completely forgot about 
and it's just like gives you a whole new perspective on that person immediately. It's like I knew Jamie Jamie Foxx did music. I knew he was the one who sang slow jams. I knew he also was an actor, but I'd never seen it on screen. And then seeing the song get made on screen and just like picturing the whole thing and like watching it and visually like experiencing it just has like gave me a whole new appreciation for the song slow jams and like like listening to it ever since it's just like do you know what I, I don't know man it's like even it's even the like Kanye can I talk to for a minute me and the of had the members was wondering can you do the song the song beautiful and like I've always known who it was like da 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 but when I watched the doc and saw them making it it's just like gives me a whole new appreciation for the whole skits and like all the stuff that they did I just think it's fucking sick man I just thought it was fucking cool I just always thought it was fucking cool like when you like watch a, a making of, so like, you know, I don't know if you know about the music video, um, the drop by the far side, where it's all backwards. Yeah, and it's all backwards. And then, you know, like the idea is fucking sick and the whole thing's sick. And then you watch the behind the scenes of Spike Jones and fucking, they got like a linguist in to relearn they're like they had to learn how to rap backwards as if they were rapping forwards like so so they had to they couldn't just like be like they had to literally put it into new words so they had a linguist come in listen to the rap backwards phonetically write that out learn a new basically they learned a new language and had to rap that instead of their words and like it's just fucking mad so mad it's just so sick. And it gives you a whole new appreciation. When I watched the behind the scenes of Jamiroquai's Virtue Insanity, like that's the music video where like everything's moving and stuff. Bro, nothing moves. It's the floor. The floor is the only thing moving. The floor is on like a shh and the walls are just hovering over it. And that's why like the... the Oh, dude, it's fucking amazing. And like stuff like that when I'm watching docs just gives me a whole new appreciation for that stuff, man. I fucking love it. Hello, hello? Yeah, I just had to check that for a second. Yeah, you get to see the back end of it and it just makes everything just like fucking sick. Yeah, makes everything fucking sick. Hmm. You got me thinking about music videos which are filmed backwards. So there's one, it's actually a Coldplay song. It's called The Scientist. Scientist. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen that video? Yeah. It's actually very impressive. I, I, I like the way so it reveals sick. itself. Yeah. So sick. It's sad at the end, isn't it? But obviously it's not a real story. It's Coldplay. It's, like, yeah, would, yeah. It, would it not be a sad, mm, like... That's what its design does. And then there's there's another amazing music video, which I'll, I'll share with you. It's it's a Russian group. Um, I can't remember what they're called, but the song is called Tattoo. And it's just this really elaborate circus act murder with tigers and like all sorts of violence and crazy shit all backwards like and it is the most oh, insane music that. video we're watching that after the show it is the most insane music video i've seen and it's the art of it being obviously recorded in reality and then being presented backwards oh but is it real is it no it's real it's no, real it's not real it's a totally real video but it's just presented backwards just no no but the murder's not real it wasn't like of a it's murder a that video. happened that it's is a, now backwards. it's a fictional music video just yeah like, exactly just like I, sorry I thought it was like I thought you were saying it was like an actual murder that happened that was recorded mm. that they then used in their music yeah. video I was like this seems like a bad no but as I say any, no no I don't <laughs> don't make assumptions about that no no uh, but yeah anyone who's listened to this I, I'm going to put the link um, somewhere nearby so you can watch it it is, it is an unbelievable video 
hand. Is that tattoo is in T A T O O? It's not other oh, things you said. No, yeah, it's not. I was that. just thinking. I was like, the song oh, is called not... Tattoo Nana. Yeah, no, yeah. The, I think those two. Oh, the they were from said, Romania. Other things you said. Running through my head. Running through my head. Running through my head. <laughs> I've got that high pitch now. Oh man, yeah. that was some. So that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that was a wow. That was an old song, man. That mm. makes you feel like a adult. That was when we were really young. That came out. Mm. Not a very good song, really. No, terrible song, actually. So we're going to put it on? No, we're not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was thinking about putting on The Scientist, though. Mm, it's not a good tune. It's not, you know, you're not feeling that? Bro, no, should I tell you what? Yesterday, I was in the car with my friend. Mm. And uh, we, were, we were in a... So we were behind a Prius. This Prius was probably like... Maybe 40 meters in front. Mm. And there was another Prius opposite him. And they basically had, had, just, had decided that they couldn't get past each other on this road. Mm. But there was way enough room to get past each other on the road. Mm. And there was a car behind that Prius. And then we were behind the Prius about 40 meters back. So the, that Prius facing our way decided to reverse all the way to us and try and get into a spot to let the other Prius through. But there was space for both of them. So the guy I was with just drove around them both and just took the space because there was space. And they were, they were like, he was screaming in the car. My friend was screaming, like so angry, so angry, so angry. And it was just when this song was coming on and it was just like absolutely perfect timing because it dropped as, as he just finished screaming. And then I just started going crazy in the car. Like I was like punching him and like, it just became like an absolute mosh pit in the car. Mm. And here it is. I know why you wanna hate me. 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 I
combination for this life and where they keep it. It's kind of sad when you don't know the meaning, but everything happens for a reason. I, I don't even know what I should say, cause I'm an idiot, a loser, microphone abuser. I analyze every second I exist, beating up my mind every second with my fist. And everybody wanna run, everybody wanna hide from the gun. You can take a ride through this life if you want, but you can't take the edge off the knife. No, sir. And now you want your money back. From the sack And there ain't nothing I can do Cause life is a lesson You'll learn it when you're through I know why you wanna hate me I know why you wanna hate me I know why you wanna hate me Cause hate is all the world has even seen lately I know why you wanna hate me I know why you wanna hate me Now I know why you wanna hate me Cause hate is all the world has even seen lately Yo, yo, thank you very much for joining me on this Sunday. I'm going to be finishing off now. Um, I'd like to say thank you very much for Sam coming in. Uh, he's definitely going to be back. He's oh, definitely yeah. going to be back. Uh, we're going to be coming with some fresh ideas, some new concepts. We do get into it. Over but yeah, I'm very grateful for you joining me again. Um, obviously, this is the theme tune to Mission Impossible for anyone that fucking, uh, anyone that remembers or doesn't know. Um, and I'm going to leave you with a little Tommy Guerrero piece with called uh, Los Padres. So nice to see you guys. Love, peace, and have a good week. Good fortnight. <laughs>